1: Well,
3: folks, here we are for a new season and a new pod of Ammo and Danny's Irish Amphill Road. Road. We are back. Things have been a little bit different during the summer. And as you can tell from the format and things you've seen on social media, our podcast is changing a little bit this season. That is due to a number of different things uh, with work and families and all sorts of different things like that. We've said this before, we do this podcast because we love it. Because we love talking about Liverpool. We love being able to get on guests and we love being able to give people a little bit of an insight into what it's like to be a Liverpool fan on the island of Ireland and to connect Liverpool fans over here to the Liverpool fans in Liverpool and the, the culture, the community, everything. So that's what we want to do. And we've had to change it a little bit, but we're back. We're ready to talk about Liverpool. I'm not sure how much we want to talk about Liverpool, knowing what the start of the season's been like, but we are gonna do it. But Ammo, what has been going on? Tell me a little bit about your summer. Give me
1: your highlights. What what's been happening with you in your life? Yeah, um I've got my own podcast, which I've got fine episodes out. It's been doing okay. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> Say that again, sorry. So what a traitor. Just failed. I start but <laughs> <up>. yeah. <laughs> so I no. uh, Don't want me singing again. Um, that, that'll stop the listener. Um, but yet, yeah, no. It, it, it's it's been, been a busy summer with kids. So had a wee holiday um, down the caravan and a place called Benone here. Yeah. in then over now, which is lovely, gorgeous um, beaching Benone. I, yes, it's it's yeah, it's 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 great though. It's it's a great family occasion. Um, I actually entered my first tennis tournament in years and years and years, and, years and I got to the final. Got mm. beaten a final on a super tie break. So anyone that knows tennis knows so that I'd literally got beaten a penalty she's out in the tournament. One money though, which I've never I've never actually I'm glad to say if I die tomorrow, competing in sports, I've won money. Not many people can say that. So uh, I was I was buzzing with that. But apart from that, you know I've got a two year old you know I'm sure you can relate to tomorrow than anyone, potty training. Oh um yes. <laughs> it's yes, yes, usual crap. Um but yeah, no, just a typical summer. Um I was over in Liverpool on a started do the less said about that the better <laughs> and um, yeah that's it really uh, what about yourself Danny Mr Busy
3: <laughs> I know summer has been busy to be fair I tried to take off a bit of time similar to yourself went away with the family and all had a few different holidays went over to Liverpool so I was over in Liverpool uh, done the classic thing as, as you know if anybody um, lives away from home and, and travels back to the family you go back to see your family, but also because you want to do something else. And that was the same with us. It was like, oh, we're coming back to see us. I want to see you. Can I also borrow your car to go to Walton Towers? And that's kind of what we've done instead, <laughs> which was great. Um, Good fun. There's a few stories that I could tell you, but I'm going to tell you off air because they're a little bit dubious. Um And yeah, it was good fun doing that. It's a bit of time with the family. Um, and then work mainly, and just settling into different things. I Climbed a load of mountains, which was a big, a big fun thing to do during the summer. Got a chance. Danny, that wouldn't be like you, would
1: it? Oh yes. So the seven seven, the seven seven challenge, wasn't it? Yeah. Danny, yeah. So, so it's climbing the seven highest
3: mountains in Northern Ireland in one day. So getting to do that, you have to climb other mountains to be able to get to these seven highest mountains. So all in all, we climbed twelve different mountains, um, which was just a little bit mental. It was. Fourteen and a half hours of just solid hiking, and um, going up and down these mountains, and it was—it was honestly, I think I can honestly say, and I know people throw this about quite a lot, it was honestly the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I think I was like I was in agony at the end of it. There was a few boys got really injured, so we had to kind of look after them, and that slowed us down a lot. And even when you finished the last mountain, and this was what the hard part was—you finished that last mountain, you went, way we're finished." And then you had to do a three and a half hour hike to get back to where your car was, so it wasn't the end of it. And it was so it was mentally draining, uh, physically draining. It was really really tough. Um, but at the, but yeah, a few days later, you look back on it and go, oh, do you know what? It, it was epic, like so. Yeah, it was well worth doing. I won't do it.
1: I'd what? never do it again, but it was well worth doing the once. One <laughs> achievement, Danny. And let me, let me just um, second Danny's story. As if by chance and coincidence, uh, Danny's brother Dale. Um, I was quite big on the radio in Liverpool and stuff? Um, happened to be on, I was actually travelling to Liverpool the next day. And it just so by chance that Danny's brother Dale was on the boat. <laughs> and um and this is you couldn't make this up. So um he had his short on, flip-flops, and, and a big bag that you know you obviously use for walking and stuff. And over the boat there was announcement saying, um, can any disabled passengers or passengers that can't make it down the stairs want to assemble at the lift? Um and I was with my father that wouldn't be in the best of health, so we were waiting for the lift, and that and that's where I bumped into Dale because he was just like, I, "I can't get down, I can't walk down the stairs." I'm done. <laughs> and it was just funny, you know. We we embraced, we had a hug, we said hello because we were former teammates. Um, frontline, let's give a shout out to Frontline Academy back in the day. Um, Tommy and Danny met, but obviously uh, Dale was a, a player there too. And uh, yet, yeah, no, he, he said he was he'll never do it again. He's he's he's, he's drained so uh, what an achievement i have to say what an apple's achievement from everyone involved so well done danny dale and the, the rest of the team
3: uh it was good it was good fun yeah dale was one of them he, he tore through his calf on about the fifth mountain um and then had to do two more mountains after that plus then a hike back and all and he really really struggled and yeah i can very much second that he he came down the stairs after being in my house that night to get the boat and he had to come down the stairs on his bum, like, because he was because he couldn't do the stairs. So it was uh, it was good fun. So it sounds like it's been all in all, it's been a busy summer for everyone, which is which has been interesting, like you doing your becoming a professional tennis player and all. And like, yeah, you, you face some tough boys in that game, just to put it out there, just to give people a bit of context. Like Ammo wasn't at some amateur tournament. Some of these boys are real top level, I've seen some of these boys play um, I texted you when you were at the tournament didn't I, saying the guy that I knew was playing at, on that tournament he was playing in the mixed doubles and things um, but but I've watched him play and he is, like, I think he's 5th rank in the whole of Ireland um, and he's, he's quality and, and obviously for you to get to the final
1: and that is just ridiculous levels Well, like, well done. to put it into context um, there was a couple of tournaments like an A and a B kind of tournament you know? I was in the, the B um, I was knocked out in kind of like the doubles and stuff. So I turned up to the singles, expecting just to be knocked out. Um, but I turned up and I got a victory. And I thought, happy days, you know, it's all going well. Got, got a victory. You know, can't disgrace myself. Um, and this is in a place called Omar, um, small town called Omar in, in, in Northern Ireland. And uh, I thought, happy days, I'm not disgraced disgrace myself. I've had a win, happy days. The tournament director says, oh, by the way, you're playing your second match now. Uh, it's a boy coming down from Belfast. I was like, right. Now, if anyone knows the, the, the geography in, in, in Northern Ireland, you know Belfast to Omar is a good hour at least. Yeah. yeah. There's me thinking this boy isn't coming. This boy isn't coming from Belfast to to uh, to to Omar to, to show himself up. You know, all that traveling. And then I looked at the draw, and he's the number one seed. And I thought, oh no. And I just I kind of laughed at myself. But there we go. Um, anyway, I beat him beat some 6-2 6-2 quite comfortably which wow. i don't want to bore people with the logistics of tennis but it was a convincing victory and i just played out my skin but i i think just playing half an hour beforehand was make me in the zone and quicker start next in quarterfinals played at a club a club a club favorite you know a guy that's from the club um which was just kind of unbelievable because he you know he had all the support and there was maybe 50 people watching and with the last match on the floodlights, we played on till eleven o'clock at night and wow. but um, that was that beat him um, next thing you know you're in the quarterfinals won that in like torrential rain that shouldn't even been allowed next thing I'm in the semifinals against the, I think the fifth seed and I'm thinking whatever happens happens don't know how but again I won that and then the final I got beat it was my wee boy Logan was there along with me and um, yeah, looking back it's a great experience but it's only made me more determined to go back next year and win it um, and yeah all I can say is it was a, like 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 you said about your 7-7 challenge. going through it. You don't enjoy it. And I, I'm starting to relate what people say, you know, these sports stars. They don't really enjoy it because they're so in the zone. Yeah, And that was me. Literally, I was so in the zone. And the people that know me, there's no point in lying. I carry a bit of weight. And uh, I think I lost about a stone that week playing tennis. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's an enjoyable sport. It's a passion like football. And yeah, it's been a busy summer for us, Danny. But um, enough about us. Let's talk about this podcast and uh, the the reformatted version that we're doing um, and why we're excited to bring it to people.
3: Yeah, because as you said, things are changing this season Um, and we decided we're going to do a once a month podcast, aren't we? So we thought for the the sake of our listeners and for keeping it engaging and for keeping it fun, we wanted to make sure that we've done once a month, talking about the games, talking about what's happening, bringing on guests, um, which is always a, a popular addition to our podcast, getting on different guests and talking about not just football, but talking about different issues and different things that are going on in the world of sport and all these things. I think one of the things that that is synonymous with Liverpool is the fact that Liverpool, yes, is a big, big football club, but it's also had a massive impact in the community and the culture and politics and everything. So we want to maybe dip a little bit more into that. Uh, especially Lincoln, two cities that probably have a very, very similar culture um, and a political like viewpoint and all these different things. So we wanted to be able to link that in a little bit and have a pod where we can properly just chat about all these things. But obviously keep it centrally focused around the football and around Liverpool and how we're getting on this season. But hopefully it'll be a bit more information for everyone, especially as the fan base has, has changed a lot. We've got a lot of people from overseas listening as well. So it'd be good to help them be part of that. Uh, and maybe do a little bit more with the the viewers as well, and getting their questions in.
1: Well, that's it. And there's that many podcasts these days. That, you know, it's hard to keep up with, like keeping things you know relevant and and things like this. But, but the way we looked at it is, we love the podcast. We're both very busy. It takes up a lot of our time. And you know, it's. It, I think what people probably don't appreciate is you know, um, we don't get paid millions of dollars. You know, millions of dollars. You know, we, we are household names, really. We're just a couple of scouters with big mouths, and you know, it's difficult to to keep keep a podcast going every week with fixtures being so late, and mm. you know us putting small children to bed, um, and our partners. You know we, we love them dearly, but you know <laughs> we, we got away with three years. I uh, we're going we're going to do this podcast here, and um, I think we just have to kind. Of, it's hit home that at the end of the day, it's hard to keep up with the realities of podcasting every single week, but mm. at the same time, it's also exciting that we can still have. The half an hour, forty-five minutes chat about Liverpool once a month, and then we get to interview a different guest every month, which could be completely, you know, completely not to do with football, and that's 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 exciting as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing is the the
3: episodes are going to be slightly longer, but as you said, it's going to be a bit of a, a mixed bag. As I said, if you want to listen to pretend analysts talking about football and pretend that they know what they're talking about, go listen to Red Men TV. That's all right, that's no problem at all. They do that every week. But if you want to listen to people that are just having banter and having that sort of what our podcast initially was which was connecting those two countries and being able to have that almost like chat with your mates down the pub type vibe that's what we're going for so as I said it's going to be a little bit of football it's going to be a little bit of all sorts of different stuff and hopefully that's what will bring the joy to it uh, and that everybody will love so we appreciate that you have been listening we appreciate that you have uh, followed it for so long and we've had such a good following of people uh, and hopefully you will enjoy the new format and we want you to get more involved to be emailing us, sending yeah. us questions and sending us all sorts of different stuff that we can chat about on here.
1: And, and don't forget, we've still got the fancy football that I haven't even looked at as usual, but there's money up for grabs this season. You don't want to um, look at it, man. And yet, you are
3: absolutely rock bottom of that fancy league.
1: Am I actually? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely rock bottom. <laughs> and he's one of these, that checks every five minutes, you know, but there you go. <laughs> but no, it's interesting. It's going to, it's going to be different. Um, and yet, so our first, our first guests of the, um, of the first episode and um, we, we, we've doubled up, <laughs> so we have, and uh, we've got none other than Neil Meller and Chris Kirkland. So, the, the two friends of the podcast are obviously coming over to To the island of Ireland in October, and we're going to chat to them a little bit about the plus start of the season and um, about the night that they're coming over. So, there's two big high profile guests for our first pod. What a way to start it off! Um, and yeah, no, I'm excited, Danny. Um, let's keep doing what we're doing. There'll be some interesting conversations along the way, Um if you have a suggestion, guys. Please contact us. You know, we want to interview people from all backgrounds of life. And, um, you know, giving me and Danny a, cha- a chance to chat, you know, we're never going to turn it down because we, you know, we're two big mouth scouts, and um, particularly me. And, you know, I think me and Danny would be very kind of honest and saying we come from the same city and we come from very similar backgrounds. But although we both live in the same country, we we, we live at opposite ends of the country. And we live completely different lives. And I think we're adult enough to kind of, you know, admit that. But it makes things a lot more interesting. And, you know, and we're going from the defender-striker dynamic um, and having two different angles. So it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited to kind of have some really, I want to say intelligent conversation, Danny, but, I'm just going to say conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I think conversation is the best way to put it. (laughs) But as you said, we've got
3: Chris and Neil coming on in a minute. As you said, we doubled up on that. We've got to buy one, get one free. I'm not going to tell you which one we bought and which one we got free. But they're coming on in a minute to be able to chat about the footy. Now, as we get into the footy, because we're going to take a break now, but Ammo i want to get your opinion before the lads come on what have you made to the start of this season because it's been something that none of us expected i think we were we i think everyone was nervous of the Harland situation i think we knew city were going to really step up this season um but then we won the community shield we we done city in that game and i think there was that real positive vibe about this season and then it's kind of came down with an absolute bang has not it what have you made of the games so far
1: before we go into this break well, the community shield, you know, we got that, which was a good start to the season. Um, obviously the the draw against Fulham was a bit nitty gritty first, first game first game season. It can happen. Crystal Palace was they're a bogey team, um, and obviously getting Nunes sent off wasn't great, um, and then Evan kind of just went tumbling down the road. But United didn't it? Mm. Um, but we've since beat Bournemouth nine nil, equaling our best ever result. Um, got a last second goal against Newcastle. And a tough, get a tough away game in Europe, which can happen to anyone. So for me, Dan, it's been indifferent. I'm not panicking, um, so I'm not. It'll be interesting to get the boys' thoughts. But yeah, no, I'm just, I'm happy enough. Um, you know, if if this is our shaky parts of season, I'll take it now, and we can we can move on. So let's hope that it's nothing to worry about. You know, let's hope Salad starts firing, uh, Nunes comes good, and uh, we don't just keep hearing about money not being there because it's. No one mentioned it just the first couple of games. And I was told so yeah, and I wasn't missing money. So um, let's hope I'm not. I'm not too worried, but I'm not ecstatic. Um, let's hope that you know in the coming months. Next time we have a good chat on the podcast, um, things are going well. But yeah, no, I'm not not panicking at the moment. Um, it's early days, and uh, yeah, no. Let, let's let's keep the faith and keep the optimism, as as you would say. Um, are you thinking the same lines?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely am. It it's definitely seems like a bit of a blip. I think a few boys have started off just way out of what looks like way out of the depth, um, looking mainly at the likes of James Milner and Trent. Uh, Gomez obviously didn't do himself any favours against Napoli and different things like that. We seem to be going for all the records this season, as you said, joint uh, highest score in the league game, joint worst score we've ever had in a European competition, all these different things that are going on this season. Um, but as you said there's a long way to go it's a big season uh, and it'll be interesting to get the viewpoint of the boys I think the United game as you said was the big one that everyone is kind of looking at uh, and it'll be interesting to get the views of two fellas who have played under that immense pressure at those types of grounds um, so we're going to cover that a little bit and a few other things as we get the lads on um, but yeah we has been interesting to talk about and we to talk about it a little bit more and uh, thank you so much for listening to Amo and Danny's Irish, Irish Anfield Road, Road.
2: This podcast is part of the Sport Social Podcast Network.
1: Well, it's been a couple of months in the works trying to get this pod together. Um, but I'm delighted to have the two guys that we've had on before. Our very first guest, uh, Neil Mellor, and probably our most popular guest up to date, Chris And So guys, how are you? How are you doing today? Good me to go. I'm good.
0: I'm really good, mate. We're speaking off air, off weren't we? Uh, obviously, a lot's happened over the last five months um, you know, with what's come out with you know my addiction to painkillers and stuff like that, but the lad on with us, Neil, he's been a, a great support for us and has been the, the first time as well. So, but no, really good family's good, happy now, we're all smiling, it's just it's just a day-to-day thing now, so it's it's tough, but it's. I've got a lot of support and, and that's why I come out and said what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I felt as I needed to get it out there, to to be open, to be to be able to go to things now, help people with with felt, you know other addictions as well. So, but no, like life, uh, life, life's good, and it's yeah, the best I felt in well over ten years now. That's <laughs> fantastic, and you are looking, Chris.
1: You are looking really well, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah. were just saying off so
0: air. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Like, obviously, you know, we were going through old photos and even going back six months you can just see the, the the difference. You can see it in people say, well, I can really see it in the eyes now back then. And, and obviously the difference now I'm, I'm sort of, I'm with it now I'm, I'm here sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's nice to hear them things, but also it hurts to hear them things because you think, well, you know, bloody hell, what have I done? Why did I do it for, for, for so long? So, but listen, that's what they, that they, they teach you now. And that's why, you know, go still go to regular sessions that you, you can't harbour on the past. Yes, it's happened. And listen, I wish it never did, but all you can do now is look to the future, and that's what I'm doing. And, you know, well, Chris, to...
1: it's great that you mentioned that. It's funny that we're in like a foursome on a podcast there, me and Danny are good friends. And we we can kind of see off there, you know, that you, know, you and Mills are kind of, you've got the banter flying across each other, you know. <laughs> I heard there, Neil, you had a late, a late night last night um, after golfing, <laughs> is that correct?
2: Did do yeah? Um, did I hear that right? Did you say Kirky was the most popular guest? Um but, yes, he was. No. I love uh, I love Kirky. Um, we we played golf together yesterday. Obviously, mm. Kirky was cheating as usual, bandit as usual. But but we had a laugh, and that's what it's about. You know, Kirky mentions there about the, the serious stuff, but whenever we get together, we always have a laugh, and, and you know, it's it's nice that we can we can share that time together and, and have some good moments. No, it's it, it, it's good to hear that
1: you know. He's had a good day and uh, just before being Danny in, you were actually with um, Don Hutchison and in a podcast that we um, are going to release soon, we, we were down in Newry, um Newry Legends versus LFC Legends and Don Hutchison actually got in a fight on the pitch and he was the only ex-Liverpool player that we didn't get interviewing, isn't that right Danny?
3: Yeah, uh, to be fair, the lad took a swipe at him. Like, so you've got to give him a bit of due. Um, but yet he he reacted to it, and then he kept reacting to it as he went into the changing room. So I thought, you know, what? I'm gonna leave it, leave him to it, let him let him crap on, on his own. <laughs> and Danny, how how how, how, how are you going, buddy? I'm good, thank you, man. I'm good. It's been a busy summer as always, and as you said, doing a nice bit of football stuff, and then also being able to just the usual do the work stuff and time with the family and all. So it's uh, it's good. Can't complain, but it's good to be back and to be able to be
1: talking about football again. So it's uh I can't complain at all. Like. Well there you go. So let's not beat about the bush. Um what we're gonna do is just roughly talk about Liverpool and the should we say indifferent start of the season over the over the last couple of weeks and then obviously we're gonna talk about the big night in the alley theatre in Saban. So first of all I'll come to you Chris um how would you describe our start of the season?
0: Well, I don't, I don't think it's... Really, listen, I think Neil will be better because he does all the analysis, analysis, but obviously I'll go to all the games. It's just... It's Listen, it's just not clicking. Uh, the, the biggest one for me is Marnay. We really miss him. He carried the team, I think, the last three months of the season. But it's just, not, it's just not clicking yet. Now, what people are saying about the tiredness from last season, me and Mel's have both been involved. And, you know, when you play 60-odd games, it can catch up with you. The intensity that Liverpool did play at and have played at over the last few years, it's going to catch up here at some time and people say, well, you shouldn't be tired and all this. Listen, it happens. You do get tired mentally as well, more than anything. The team just look flat at the minute. They look, you know, they do look a little bit tired with a pre-season. I don't know what the you know how hard the pre-season was. Knowing Liverpool, it's it's extremely difficult. Uh, but yeah, there's certainly, you're just not, you're going to The feeling at Anfield as well, when you go to Anfield compared to the last couple of seasons, It's it's edgy, it's nervy. Whereas before the last couple of seasons, you're going and you're thinking, wow, what are we going to see? You know, we're going to see something today special at the minute. it's just something, But listen, we've got no right to, to be top of the league. We've got no right to win games just because of what's happened in the last couple of years. You've got to earn that right and at the minute. I think i seen something today that we've been outran in every game by the opposition that we've played in or the distance covered or something like that, which if I read it right, I could be completely wrong. but. That's, that you know that that says everything you need to know now. But listen, we are far too good. We've got too many top class players for it to to carry on. But we, we, we certainly need to to turn the corner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let me put this to you, Neil. So obviously money went, and people are starting to kind of mention that a little bit more now because our could start. Darwin Nunes come in. Um, he was the you know the big money big summer signing. Um, as a striker yourself, who's played up front for Liverpool on many occasions. Um, Did you feel sorry for him when he got sent off because he reacted or do you think he should know better?
2: Yeah, no, I've got no complaints. It it was something he shouldn't have done and I hope he learns from it. I hope we don't see it again. When it happened, it was one of those things where you're thinking, why has he done that? But then I was thinking, we never see that from Liverpool players. I was thinking, when was the last Liverpool player that actually did that? And that's been a big strength under Jurgen Klopp. It it, it felt like you know, maybe a a Suarez moment or something like that, But, but it was unusual. He, he did the wrong thing. He's going to have to learn from it. Defenders are going to wind him up constantly. And for him, I think there was, it was an accumulation of a few things that night because it was his first start at Anfield. He, he was desperate to get a goal. Um, I think we were losing as well at the time, weren't we? So so he was desperate to, to try and get us back into a strong position. He was being frustrated by the centre-half all night, Anderson. So that, that accumulation, not making excuses for him, but, but certainly it, that was the frustrations that led to, to the actions. But for him... He's still settling in. You know, I think he's an exciting talent. People talk about marnie, and I, I don't like to talk about players that have left. You, you know, in previous years, Suarez, Coutinho, Gini and now marnie They've gone. For whatever reason, if they wanted, to, didn't want to stay, the club didn't want to, they've gone. So we we, we have to move on. And uh, and Diaz is, is still new because he arrived in January. So he's still settling in. You've got Nunes in there in the front three. I think one of the biggest factors for Liverpool this season has been the disruption to the midfield we just have had so many injuries in there uh, and 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 that would would perhaps tally up with why we've maybe not been running as much because because The disruption in there, and we haven't had the intensity which the team liked to play at. Um, the high press I mean, didn't see the high press till Thiago came on against Napoli, but the game was gone by that point. And it's so important for how we play to win balls back high up the pitch to, to create chances. Um, starting games has really bothered me at the start of this season, um, and back end of last season. It's got to the point now where it's become an issue for us. And whether that's mental, the players have got to be maybe on it from the first whistle rather than, than starting so slowly and going to goal behind, because it's certainly affecting um, us dropping points so far this season. But there is a long way to go. This is I'm hoping this is, this is our, our sticky patch, our slow patch, our, our difficult time, and we will uh, hopefully kick on and, and show the consistency, which we have done in the previous few seasons.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree there. And Danny, you know, Chris alluded to it and, and Neil briefly there, you know, the midfield hasn't been that great this season, but we've had a lot of injuries. And he mentioned Napoli there getting beat 4-1. Now, for my opinion, and people I've been chatting to, I, the way I'm looking at this defeat to Napoli was we've been so good over the last couple of seasons that the expectation to go away to somewhere as hard as Napoli and get a result is almost expected. Should you think, Danny, watching that Napoli game, that, you know, OK, we got beaten, we got done over, but that's always a possibility because Liverpool have been so good over the last couple of seasons. You know, we can't, it's, it, it's a... An expectation that's probably unwanted in, you know, European elite competition?
3: I think the thing is, yeah, I think you're right. And I think the thing is, is that when Jürgen Klopp came in, and I think that you can draw a lot of parallels this season with Jürgen Klopp's last season of Borussia Dortmund as well, in terms of, the way that he's playing. He's used to being a manager who brings in young lads who are maybe not that well-known and turning them into superstars. And they become this team that's like the underdogs. And then they manage to do what every American movie is, what seen that we've seen since the 1990s, have managed to overcome all the odds and and turn into this amazing team. And now he's at the stage where he's still got probably the bulk of that team, probably 80% of that team that he has brought in over over those first couple of seasons. They've won everything, and now, as you said, they're no longer the chasers anymore. We're expected to set that standard, and I just don't know how how used to, uh, the how much the, the players are used to being able to do that. And I don't know whether that's maybe becoming part of it, is the, is the immense amount of pressure, as you said, to win every single game that it's expected that we go to Napoli and win. It's expected that we go to Man United and, because and, it was almost, it did feel the atmosphere before the United game especially, felt like we should have went there and absolutely slaughtered them, not, not realizing, and, and I know you boys can speak far better than I can about big situations like that, going to these stadiums and how the atmosphere feels, is that sometimes that's hard to handle when you're going and everyone's expecting you to get a result and not expecting you to be the underdog team and hopefully getting something big like Liverpool have been over the last number of years?
0: Mel's touched on something there. With any team, the spine of any team is crucial and we've had it over the last couple of years. Yes, one or two injury in there, but you look at the spine that, you know, I go back to last year with Marnie, he's not obviously not there, Salah's not done it yet. For whatever reason, you go into midfield, Mel said there, the injuries, you know, Thiago's been injured. Fabinho's not at it yet. You go back to the centre-backs, Van Dyke's having a tough time. Matip's been injured. Alisson's probably the only one that comes out with a little bit of credit. But you, you rip that spine out of any team, or well, that spine's not performing for whatever reason, you're going to struggle. And I think we've been, I think we've also been, we've been blessed over the last couple of years with an unbelievable team. You know, the way we were playing, we were on a roller coaster ride and we just kept riding it and riding it and riding it. And always, listen, roller coasters break down at times and ours is at the minute, ours is at the minute, is, is broke down a little bit, but Neil said it before, we'll be back, we're far too good, we've got far too many fans, uh, great fans for us not to be a force.
1: And Chris, you know, you actually just met, I was literally going to bring this point up, and you know, it was two former pros that have played at the highest level, and um, played in the Champions League for the port As you mentioned, we were chatting off there about 60 games a season and last season... It took her out of us. And I, I, I allude back to the was it the League Cup final when Virgil van Dijk was brought off. Um, and it was like the first time he'd been brought off all season, last season. And then, you know, you think he had a couple of weeks out and then he was playing every other game after. I think I think actually it was the FA Cup final. But my point is, do you think the likes of van Dijk, Hendo, keeps getting these wee niggle injuries? Do you think, you know, two former pros, Neil, do you think that maybe the toll has kind of caught up on some of the senior pros at Liverpool?
2: Well, I don't know if you've seen the interview or not, but Van Dyke said, We're not robots. Uh, and he's basically saying, listen, we are playing so many games. Van Dyke played over 50 games last season for us in all competitions. That was on the back of a really, really serious injury. So I mean, the fact he reached the levels after such a big injury was was incredible. Then we had all them pointless international games, nation league games, and you're thinking, with the schedule being what it was, it 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 was it was too much for some of the players, certainly for Liverpool players who'd played 50 games over the season. So it was, uh, yeah, I think it does take its toll. There's no doubt about that. I think every player needs that that recharge. Um, But I think the condition now, if they're given that right rotation to be able to be at the peak, and I think with the injuries we've had, I think that disruption hasn't helped um, our, our peak performance this season. So get the players back, who knows, it could be another big season of over 50, 60 games this season.
1: And Chris, I have to ask this question. I don't want to bring this up. Um, I really don't. But at the same time, I've got an opportunity to form former pros and um, you've both played in the Premier League. But Haaland, um, if you were a goalkeeper now for any Premier League team, you know, Liverpool or Wigan, and you're facing Haaland, are you saying to yourself, Chris, you know, I'll concede one or two, but just no more? Or what are you thinking if you're facing Haaland? Well, I think at the
0: minute, he's got the same... Thought as if, you know, when Ronaldo was in his prime, and is it Manu? And the thought of, you know, when, when you were going to go to Manu and know that Ronaldo was playing, it, it did it put fear into you thinking, got to keep him quiet, you know, give him a whack early on, see if he likes that or not. But I mean, he, I mean, Ireland's just, you know, he's an absolute animal. He's a beast. He's, he's got everything. He's got pace, power, obviously knows where the net is. So, Listen, for £70 as well at the minute, it's looking like an unbelievable bit of business. But let's listen, let's see how he gets when we get into the winter months and we get into the nitty-gritty. Let's see how he performs then. But listen, you can't knock it at the minute. He's been superb.
1: It's very interesting as well to say, you know, as far as I'm aware, I could be wrong here and I don't want to show myself. I don't think Haaland's playing in the World Cup, nor is Salah. So that could actually be an advantage to Liverpool um, and to City for that. Isn't that right, Neil?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the World Cup's going to have a big impact this season. I'm supporting Belgium to get to the final, and then they lose. And and De Bruyne is like played every minute of every game, and then he's shattered, and then mentally drained. So second half of the season, he's not quite at his best. Haaland's unbelievable. But De Bruyne in the team with Haaland is a big, big worry for, yeah. for us. If De Bruyne doesn't play, City aren't as good. Haaland niggles
0: though, doesn't he? De Bruyne gets his niggles though as well. He
2: does. He, he, he does. He he does. does. But I'm still, support, I'm still supporting Belgium all the way. They, they've got Mahrez and Harlan not at the uh, World Cup. We've got Andy Robbo, Diaz, Salah, and maybe Trent, because we know that Southgate doesn't like him. So we've got a few key players ourselves, which will be fresh for that second half of the season. So I, I don't know what the World Cup's going to bring. But Harlan, yeah, you're thinking yeah, he'll go to the World Cup, but he's not. He's not even going to the World Cup. So he's started really well. He, we know he's the real deal. He's an absolute monster, handful, big centre halves. He's just muscling out of the way. Scoring different types of goals. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be scoring a lot of goals for City this year. But the Bruiner out of the team, I think, is the big one for City. I think if he if he misses games, then and, and they would drop points.
1: I know, absolutely, yeah. And I had to mention that. And just before we kind of start talking about the, the big night where you boys are coming over to the island of Ireland, I just have to ask you all. Um, Salah's had a shaky start to the season. Now, for me, I'm not worried at all. He's in the right places. He's had some unbelievable saves. And he'll come good. But then we go back to what we just mentioned about Van Dyke. I'm going back to what we just mentioned about Henderson and stuff. Um, Danny, do you think Salah looks like a little bit burnt out? Because let's not forget, Salah played for his country in between, you know, when the African Cup of Nations went straight to the final, got beat. Then he he went um, to the World Cup qualifiers again, got beat. And he played in more or less every possible game for Liverpool that season, um, along with Egypt. Do you think there's a little bit of burnout, Danny, or what are you thinking about Salah?
3: It's got to be, hasn't it? Physically and emotionally, as you said, the amount of games they played last season is going to be tired. And then, as you said, he lost out on the African Cup of Nations, lost out on qualifying, lost the Champions League final. Premier League went right the way down to the last day of the season. Like You're looking at all of that emotional like turmoil, having to get yourself up for these games and then losing them. It's going to take its toll on you. Um, so, yeah, I think that mixed with the physical element of it as well, he's going to be tired. So I think, as uh, Neil said just before, the reality is, is that this World Cup in the winter, as much of a nightmare as it seems to be for the fixtures, I think it's actually going to really help Salah this season.
0: Well oh, as well, so, sure. The contract, not the amount of money, but with only it was going on, because every interview he was doing, you're going to sign a contract, you're going to sign a contract. And trust me, that would have took it out of him. That would have drained him. And I know people say, well, he signed the contract. And then, yeah, he did but it went on for a long, long time. And when you've got that on your mind and knowing you've got to keep performing like he did and getting the questions, the contract situation would have took a lot out of him as well.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to kind of... I don't want to say this, but the obvious comparison, isn't it, is Aubameyang at Arsenal. You know, it went on for ages. He got the big, big money contract. Now, um, I can't remember exactly what Salah's on, but I know he's probably one of our best earners, if not our biggest earner of all time. But we didn't go stupid, stupid, you know, Man City money or Manchester United money. But do you think, Neil, do you think, could we, if he doesn't kind of come good, which I think he will, Could is that what people are going to start saying in the media? You know, it's an Abamyang situation. Or do you think Salah's too humble for that?
2: I don't think at any point in Bamiang's career he's been mentioned as being a, one of the best players in the world. Salah is... Uh, and there's no doubt in my mind, Salah will come good. He's proved it consistently. He created the most chances, most assists last year in the Premier League, the most goals. He will be battling again with Haaland. I another, a thing that will be annoying in him is seeing Haaland get them hat-tricks, thinking, right, how many goals am I behind him now? And that will be bothering him now. It could go one of two ways for him. He could start snatching out a few chances. Um, because he's so desperate to score or we could see the reaction right I'm going to get a hat-trick soon Salah will be getting over 20 Premier League goals for us this season there is no doubt about that he is a world-class performer he's an ultimate professional his mentality is to want to be a Ballon d'Or winner so I'm absolutely made up that his new contract has being sorted people would say oh could we have kept Marnie instead of Salah didn't like those comparisons Salah's there and he will he will be backfiring for us not at the World Cup as well was a good point made there so he will be fresher for a second half of the season as well.
1: Well, absolutely, and uh, let's hope that come um, come the next time that we all see each other, which we're going to we'll talk about now on the twenty first of October um, in the Alley Theatre in Straban So, Danny, um, you explain what's happening. Like we we we've let people know on the, on the previous podcasts, and uh, the news is out there. But yeah, if you mention to everyone what, what's happening.
3: Yes, yeah, so we're going to be hosting a night, uh, as Amo said, in October to be able to bring Chris and Neil over, to be able to do a bit of a Q&A, a bit of a talk about life stories and uh, their time at Liverpool and to be able to just get a little bit deep, um, to be able to talk about all these things and to be able to get people to ask questions as well. There's going to be special guests there, there's going to be all sorts going on, there's going to be sort of meet and greet at the end and different things like that. Um, but one of the things that, that you'll know, I'm sure you already know, boys, from playing for Liverpool. But one of the things we've found since living here is that we always had the attitude when we moved over here that real Liverpool fans are from Liverpool. And anybody else outside of Liverpool, they kind of just don't really support them like we do. And I think both of us have realised since coming over here that the that levels of support that you get from Irish Liverpool fans from over here on the island of Ireland is crazy. Like the money they spend, the devotion that they have. So I know that this is going to be a big night. I know that people are buzzing for it and really want to be part of it. There's still that sort of Irish culture over here of trying to get people to actually like get the tickets and sort themselves out. Cause everyone's like, Oh, just turn up on the night. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause that's what they do over here. Um, but it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a big night. And I'm sure I know you two boys have been over here before and I know you are looking forward to it. Um, but it's going to be, as almost said before, it's in Strabane, so it's going to be quite intimate as a gig, um, sort of right there on the border, away from Belfast, a little bit more of a an intimate venue where people can get a chance to be able to chat to you and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to coming over, spending a little bit of time with the fans and getting a chance to be able to chat a little bit to them
2: can't wait i'm looking forward to i tell you what i wouldn't mind one of those pillows when kirky talks just um, <laughs> but um no I'm, I'm looking forward to it absolutely like you say i mean liverpool fans it's it, uh, sort of the liverpool family that's how i like to see it Wh- wherever you are in the world we're all passionate about the football club and we've all got different memories different stories but it's that passion about liverpool so i'm looking forward to certainly coming over telling a few stories a few w- whatever questions people want me to answer absolutely and uh we can all have a good night, can't we? A couple of Guinnesses maybe afterwards as well.
0: You know what these pit for, don't you? Because I'm sore today because I had to carry you on the golf course again <laughs> yesterday, even though you was on the So, no, we really we, we spoke about it a lot yesterday, actually, didn't we, on the golf course as well. So, yeah, really looking forward, forward to coming to the... Ali Theatre and Strabane—is that right? We got it right. Strabane. You got that right,
1: Chris.
0: You've done, your, done yeah. your preparation well done. Yeah. So <laughs> listen, we, we are, and as I said, I, I couldn't have wished to come over with a better person than, than Neil. Uh, we're very close. We have a great laugh, but as I said, he's, he's helped me tremendously, and we're very close. And we have been since we, you know, we were at Liverpool all those years ago, uh, many years ago. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited to come over and, and to, to do it with you guys as well.
1: Mm. Well, what you'll find as well, boys, is that you know you boys have obviously got your big connections at Liverpool, but you know you you both had great professional careers, and there'll be a lot of people coming that aren't necessarily Liverpool fans, but just a, a chance to ask former pros. And um, I think we can safely say this, and I'm going to put me um my neck on the line here. You know, you you two boys on prima donnas, you're coming over with us. You know, you've been chatting away to us. Um, I I, I torture you. I, I apologise, but we just want this night to go uh, so well and. I can tell you right now, anyone listening to this podcast, know we've got listeners all over the world, but particularly the listen, listeners um, in Ireland and Northern Ireland. These two boys are gentlemen. Um, they've worked with very well, um, and they're coming over, and they're just giving something back. So, from you know, from myself and Danny, I just want to say thank you. Um, it'll be a good night, and it let's hope. The come October, the twenty first of October, eight pm in the Alley Theatre. We've got a lot more positive things to talk about regarding Liverpool Football Club. But boys, it's been a pleasure as usual. Um Neil, just before we go, oh, can no. you give someone no. else a chance on no. Liverpool? No, what TV? Are you ask me now? Come on, can you give someone else a chance on Liverpool TV? Because every single time, I, every <laughs> single time I turn it on, you're, you're there. Right, I uh, Ed, did that bit. Out.
2: Ed, edit that bit out. Come on, <laughs> yeah.
1: Who's gonna on. have your shirt? Yeah. That's
2: well, really no no to... review show no review show next week. I was looking forward to the, the review after the Wolves' victory, but game's off, isn't it? So I can't talk about Salah's hat-trick. Uh, so there you go, you can't <laughs> get the breather from me. No Monday review show this week for you.
3: I'm really looking forward to the podcast after we've done this night, where it's the whole uh, whole episode of Ammo going, I don't know why Neil isn't getting none of my messages anymore. He seems to have blocked me or something.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, no, listen, boys, thank you so, so much. Um, we're looking forward to having you And yeah, uh, thanks for coming on today So in the meantime, thank you for listening to Amo And Danny's Irish Anfield
2: Road Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sport Social Podcast Network
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty